right, welcome everyone and thanks for tuning in to this edition of the 615 Collector. We are back and today is Friday, September 29th. My name is Doug, my partner is Brandon. It's good to be back for anyone that's new. We thank you for spending some of your time with us. The frequency of our podcasts are irregular now. They used, we used to do them weekly, but now we're doing them just kind of as we as we feel like it, I guess, which... Um, because we're simply doing this for fun. We don't we don't get paid by anyone to do it. We just like to talk every now and then about what's going on in the world of sports and sports cards. So let's you want to jump right in? Yep. Jump right in, maybe talk a little bit about our some of the buying. Okay. Selling, no selling yet. No selling. Uh did pick up some Bowman Chrome hobby boxes. Bowman Chrome flagship product was out. Features the first Bowman card of a lot of the hot prospects and and rookies out there and i've ripped one i've left one sealed debating whether i'm going to rip the other one well there's some there's a little bit of controversy coming out on this bowman product we'll talk about that in the halftime report we get to some hobby news i've been also filling out the uh the star wars 1977 complete set uh filling in some holes there and then also oh i did pick up a an unopened pack from that first series 77 star wars set so i was excited about that and then i did get a john elway Trell davis dual autograph card it was the 2021 panini eminence super bowl dual auto card serial number to eight i had missed one previously that had rod smith uh john elway and Trell davis all on it it was a triple autograph it was really cool and i missed it didn't get didn't win the bid on that and so i didn't want to miss out on this one i didn't i was able to pick that one up i think that one was in a pwcc auction so excited to have that one in the personal collection and that was really about all the buying i did we also had interestingly enough panini fulfilled a request it wasn't and i was i got an email that said your you know shipment is on the way and i was like what 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 shipment from panini and i was thinking did we have a redemption in there but all the redemptions we've put in with them have been fulfilled and then I realized what it was. And some of our listeners may know, you know, on the packs, it'll have, if, if you read the fine print on the packs, it'll say, you can mail in a card with your name and address on it to Panini. And then you kind of get entered in a sweepstakes to win, I guess, a pack of for free or a box or whatever. And so I had, I don't know, way back when I had sent some of those in and apparently must have won something i went and looked at in my account and there was a a service request or a ticket i guess put in two years ago and it just shipped and so yeah so getting a pack it looks like it's the 2021 chronicles draft picks collegiate football so not exactly not a huge just now coming yeah well and not a huge pack it's uh you know probably one of the least expensive uh, packs you could have out there but anyway but that did get apparently won a free pack so okay that's cool yeah may give that away we'll see what we do with that uh also did get in tag had another drop tag the grading company that we talked about on our last show we did got our first order completed from them and you can listen to our last show episode 83 if you want to hear all about that but we're fans and so wanted to get in on a second order they did a drop we got a spot in that and so we've got a 10 card order i haven't yet identified exactly what cards i'm going to send in on that one so i'm going to have to take some time over the next week or so and kind of figure out which cards we'll send in for that one but 
going to get another 10 cards in. We'll report on how that goes. Have a grade reveal hopefully coming up in another month or so with our second tag order. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to seeing that one. Maybe this one I'll include the uh, rookie card for uh, Dirk. Oh, yeah. Cause they I, can do that now. Yeah, they can do that now. They When when we submitted our first order, they only took cards back to 2000. Now they've, um, they'll, they'll accept cards dating back to 1989. So they're slowly, as they build out, I guess, the technology to grade and authenticate the cards, they're moving that time frame back. And so you can submit a lot more cards. I also have a Kobe rookie I might submit now because that was, what, 96? Mm-hmm. A Kobe Topps yep. rookie. So I might submit that one too along in the Dirk. And we'll see. Going to have to look through some of the cards. You know what I was thinking too? I might actually submit some of those uh, those Pop Century ones. Oh, gosh. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Not sure what I'm going to do. But we'll have to get that figured out. We'll report on that in the coming weeks. Let's see. What other big news out there? So what's your – okay, I got to ask you. You've Have you been following you, – you have to have been following the uh, – latest with kelsey yeah are you you're not a swifty are you a swifty no 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 i would not consider myself a swifty no i I didn't think you were but uh yeah kelsey the kelsey swift relationship has been taking the country by storm big deal but yeah yeah well and it shows up in the in the card prices that's the kind of funny thing about this is that uh if you look at travis kelsey's rookie card and I'm looking specifically. He's got a score out there. I'm going to look at the tops Chrome. It's uh, from 2013. And uh, I'll look at, like, if you look at the PSA 9 as an example, because that's got a few more sales. Pop count on that's 1,071. But if you look at that card over the last month, uh, it is up, according to Card Ladder, about 36%. So that card was selling for around 40 to 50 bucks about a month or so ago. And then as this uh, Kelsey Taylor Swift relationship has taken the nation by storm, that's now over over sixty dollars. Oh Lord! So it's moved up. Let's see. The PSA ten had maybe a similar. Yeah, the PSA ten a similar kind of movement. It's up fifty percent. It was selling for a hundred and hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty bucks. Now up to two hundred dollars. So that's a big move. And then and the pop count on that is five seventy one. I'll look at the refractor. And, and the refractor in a PSA 10, again, we're looking at the 2013 Topps Chrome. It's a rookie card for Travis Kelsey. Uh, the refractor doesn't have as high of a pop count, so only 112. So not as many sales in the in the PSA 10. So I don't know that you can really use. got to take this with a grain of salt. But that's up 37% in the last month from around $400 to the last sale was $550. Let's go down to a PSA 9 see if we have any more sales on that one. Yeah, we do have a few more sales in a PSA 9 of that Topps Chrome Refractor. And that one is up about, well, looks like, what is that, 50-60%? It was about an 80, $80 to $90 card a month ago. And it's now recent sales have been upwards 130 to $140 range. Hmm. So the oh uh, the relationship with uh, Taylor Swift is having a positive impact on Why? the Kelsey card market. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I look, I sell now. Well, that's the thing. So what happens when they break up? Does the card values go down? And then there's going to be is there going to be a breakup song from Taylor? Right? I don't know, man. It's got to be right. She doesn't do that, everybody. No, she's dated like a ton of people. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and Taylor Swift has cards out. Her, you know, she has some cards herself. I was going to look up. 
probably one of the more, I guess, popular ones, if you want to call it that, is the card that she has with Kanye West. It's a 2011 Topps card, and I'm looking at that one, and it also, in the last month, is up 60%. It was a, this is raw, not graded. It was a $40, selling around 40 bucks, and most recently, that's selling upwards of 60 to $65 raw. Let's see, let's see, what do the graded ones look like? So pop count is really low on the PSA 10s. There's only 16. Let's go to a PSA 9, still low pop count, 56. Yeah, there just aren't enough pop count on the graded cards on that. But the raw ones, you know, there have been some sales. And even Taylor Swift's cards getting a little bit of a bump maybe from the uh, publicity around. I mean, is that, would that drive Taylor Swift's cards? Seems Why like, else would it be going up right yeah, now? That's a good what? question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. There you go. And so on a, on a similar vein, but maybe headed in a little bit different direction, last time we talked about Deion Sanders taking the nation by storm with what he's doing in Colorado. And we said they've got a couple of weeks coming up here, tough weeks with Oregon yeah. and USC. Well, that Oregon game, yeah, of course we're Oregon. To full disclosure, Oregon fans, I, I'm, a, I'm a grad, I'm an alum from University of Oregon. And so now it also, though, it's tough because I'm also, I have to say, it's not that I'm a Colorado fan, but I am, all my, a lot of my family's from Denver. I'm obviously a Bronco fan. So I do have an affinity. I have an uncle that was, that actually played at University of Colorado and was a, a really good football player back in the day. And so have an affinity for Colorado, uh, but Oregon is my school. So it was a little tough, but yeah, Oregon uh, kind of dominated that game. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I have seen some reports out about, well, Colorado didn't have Travis Hunter. I don't think that would have made that much of a difference. I don't (laughs) don't think it matters if it wants to blow out. No. And and you are seeing, when you look at the card values, last time we talked about how Deion Sanders' cards had really spiked. Well, they kind of came down um, a little bit. If we look at, like, a week ago, right before that Oregon game, looking at his 1989 score, uh, and this is his football card in a PSA 10, and that had sold for around $1,300. It then came down to around $930, and I'm looking at card ladder here. It's rebounded back to where the last sale was about 1200 So, you know, you did have a, a big dip right after that organ loss. Maybe it's trying to find its way back, you know, and if I look at the PSA 9, similar kind of thing. It was a big run up prior to that, Oregon loss selling for around a hundred dollars as a PSA nine for that 89 score and then dipped down to around 60 to 80 bucks and actually it stayed there last sale was 60 bucks um, so it, it's it's down a little bit from the peak but it's still up from where it was a month or so ago when it was trading in the 30 to 40 dollar range so we'll see what happens they got USC coming up tomorrow I have a feeling that's not going to end well go well for them probably not either so we'll see if that continues to have a negative impact on Deion Sanders' cards. But he is he is building something that's going to probably have Colorado in the spotlight for the some time season. to come. Well, probably for more than just this year, I would suspect. We'll see. Let's see what else we want to touch on. Have been some hobby scandals, uh, you know, lately. Not huge comparatively to some of the ones we saw over the last couple of months but there has been some some reports of shill bidding that's has always been an issue right shill bidding just when people are trying to kind of bid up some of these auction prices to 
sort of artificially prop up the value of cards and there's there's a few different um, social media accounts and uh, hobby hobbyists I guess you'd say that monitor this stuff and try to act as a little bit of a watchdog I've been reporting on some of the shill bidding that we've seen in some of the different auctions so it's, I don't know that that's really anything new per se but maybe getting a little bit of a spotlight shined on it eBay I didn't have this in our halftime report for the hobby news but eBay did recently announce some changes to their platform for selling cards and for auctions and stuff to try to make it try to you know uh, combat some of the people that don't pay when they win a, a card at auction or mm-hmm. when they click the buy it now and then don't fulfill their obligation to purchase the card so they're trying to crack down on that because you do see a fair amount of that go on so anyway so just it's something to be paying not really much to talk about there i just mentioned it so that something to kind of pay attention for uh, to if you are bidding in an auction you know just be mindful of that and make sure you understand kind of where the market is on some of these cards so you don't wind up paying a lot more than maybe you could have or should have because you don't want to find out that you were the victim of getting shill bid and then you know win something for a lot more so just be careful on that uh all right we've got so what else we got we got we're going to do a we got some hobby news in the halftime report then we'll go to film study we're going to touch a little bit of uh we got some basketball news we got WNBA playoffs baseball playoff race heating up we obviously got football going on so before we do that, we'll do maybe some jersey numbers, and then we'll jump into the halftime report to do uh, hobby news. All right. All right, so jersey numbers, show number 84 today. Mm-hmm. Only two, right? No. Three. Three. Three in football. Mm-hmm. None really in basketball, NBA, or WNBA. None really in baseball. None really in hockey. So, And one of the ones in football we actually talked about in show number 81, jersey number 81. You want to take the first one? Yeah, Randy Moss once again. Yeah, he's one of the ones we talked about. Talk about him again, I guess. Well, because he's kind of better known for 84, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But I because he wore 84 in Minnesota. Did he wear didn't he wear did he wear 81 in with New England? I'm not sure. Because I feel like he had 84 with New England for a little while, but maybe that's where he switched. I forget where he switched to 81, but I do feel like he's better known for 84. So it's fitting to do him here. Go ahead. All right, I suppose a Hall of Fame wide receiver, 14 seasons. Um, again, we, we did mention him when we did 81. Most of his career was spent in Minnesota and New England. He's currently fourth all-time in receiving yards, probably best known for his You Got Mossed segment on NFL pregame show. Um, and his rookie card is in the 98 sets. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking at a 1998 Topps Chrome in a PSA 10, and that one sells for around 180 to $200, give or take. Pop count is just over 2000 Then you also had Andy Robustelli, Hall of Fame defensive end, played 14 seasons from 1951 to 1964 with the Rams, L.A. Rams, and also with the New York Giants. Only missed one game in his entire career. Crazy for a defensive lineman. Uh, won a championship both with the Rams and the Giants, and also, this is another one, he wore number 81. Kind of unusual, 81 and 84, unusual numbers for a defensive lineman. But I guess that dates back a while. Anyway, I think he wore 81 with the Giants, maybe 84 with the Rams. I'm not certain about that. But his rookie card is in the 1952 Bowman set, which is a classic set. Now we have Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame tight end. He also played 14 seasons from 90 to 03, mostly all with Denver, but he had a couple with Baltimore. He was a seventh-round draft choice by the Broncos in the 90 NFL Draft. He retired as the all-time leader in catches, yards, and touchdowns by a tight end. 
Won two Super Bowls with the Broncos and one with the Ravens. And his rookie card is in the 90 action packed set, which is tough to find in gem mint condition as only about 4% of those cards graded by a PSA have been given a 10. Yeah, that one is tough to find in good condition. Uh, in fact, I was trying to look up some recent sales on that one. Let's see, I do see in Card Ladder a PSA 9 that sold for 38 bucks. I don't know if I've seen a PSA 10 sell. Again, they're not, what'd you say the pop count was on that? 58. Yeah, so there's not a lot of them. Uh, and okay, so the last one, so there was a sale, it looks like at the end of August, 550 bucks. Hmm. And then there was one back in July for 500 bucks. So it looks like his, in a PSA 10, fetches around $500, give or take, for his rookie card. So yeah, Shannon Sharp, near and dear to my heart. All right, who's your, that's it. There you go. Those are the three Randy Moss. Andy Robustelli and Shannon Sharp, who's your pick? I, I was say Randy Moss, but did I pick him last time? I don't know. I don't I, remember. I don't remember if we could count him. That's been a long time ago. Okay. Well, Randy you're going Moss, Randy Moss? Randy Moss, yeah. Well, you know where I'm going to go. I, I have Randy to go. Moss. No, I'm not going Randy Moss. I have to go Shannon Sharp. Come on. I mean, he was integral to my beloved Broncos and their Super Bowl championships. And, I mean, come on. He was he retired as the all-time leader in the major categories of receptions, yards, and touchdowns by a tight end. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was, gosh, that that guy, man, he was such a stud. Also then, and I hated to see him go to Baltimore and then won a Super Bowl with Baltimore. And I think Denver faced them, if I remember right, I think Denver faced him in the playoffs that year, and they beat us in, the, I think it was the first, the divisional round, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a little painful, but... And that was the, let's see, who was his, um, Dilfer was his quarterback, mm. who's now, or was, is he still coaching here at Lipscomb? I have no idea. Yeah, Dilfer was the coach, and Trent Dilfer was, uh, high, he, he, I'm pretty either. sure he's the head coach at the high school here at Lipscomb mm. High School. I could be wrong about that. He may have, I know he was, I just, I can't remember if he's, if he's still there or if he went somewhere else, but anyway. Yes, I'm I'm going Shannon Sharp. You're going Randy Moss. There you go. There's our best players to wear jersey number 84. All right. Um, I think that's it. So let's go ahead and do the halftime report. All right. We will jump in with some a few quick news items here. The first one is that the National announced the people that run the National that uh, they're going back to Chicago. Chicago was the city of choice for 2026. Remember, next year it's in Cleveland. The year after that, it's in, so 2024, it's in Cleveland. 2025, it's in Chicago. It was up for vote where it would be in 2026, and Chicago won the vote. Uh, it's And Atlantic City, believe it or not, was second. I think that's probably had something to do with the fact that there was some financial incentives being offered if it went to Atlantic City, and then followed by Atlanta third. And so anyway, so for 2026, the Nationals going back to Chicago. All right. Um, the WWE is the next to jump in the ring and terminate their contract with Panini. They're expected to move their deal to Fanatics. Apparently, they're stating Panini breached the contract by failing to produce trading card games and digital trading cards, which are NFTs, basically. Yep. Um, Panini di- denies this and filed suit against the WWE. Yeah, so more drama and legal battles for panini i mean it just you know although obviously this one's a little bit of a smaller contract in comparison to say the nfl and or the nba 
I would imagine. We haven't heard anything from the NBA yet. Kind of wonder if we will, but yeah, this is, um, you know, I know this is the WWE doing this, but you got to feel like we said last time Fanatics is the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, pulling all the levers. All right, let's move on. Hey, there is a big card show in Nashville this weekend, and there's going to be lots of big names there uh, doing signing autographs and meet and greets and photo ops, that kind of stuff. Some of the names that are going to be there are going to be legendary quarterback uh, Bob Greasy from the Miami Dolphins. I think he was part of that undefeated Miami Dolphin team. Ryan Sandberg in baseball, Marshall Falk football, uh, Pete Rose, Ozzie Smith, Emmett Smith, Dennis Rodman is going to be there. Dominique <laughs> Wilkins. We may need to go to that. Mm. You and I need to go and uh, I'd love I'd love to meet Dominique Wilkins, get his autograph. Joe Theismann's going to be there. Steve Garvey, uh, Roger Clemens. There's many more like Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson, a bunch of them. They're going to have some a bunch of the Atlanta Braves from I think the '90 was it six World Series championship team. Can't remember, but so guys like Chipper Jones, uh, David Justice, a bunch of guys. Also the cast, some of the cast from the Sandlot, they're going to be there as well. So interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big names going to be out uh, signing you know cards and baseballs and bats and hats and whatever else and having photo opportunities so if you're around or can get to nashville this weekend there you go it's a big card show going on that one's down in williamson county i think at the ag center it's called music city collectibles you can google that look it up find out all the information about it all right and then golden announced an increase to the buyer's premium in their auctions from 20 percent to 22 percent this was effective september 1st although many didn't get the notice until well after that effective date yeah, there were some people that were a little bit, I guess, upset about that because I saw a couple of social media accounts that said, hey, they got an email from Golden on like the 25th of September or whatever and said that effective September 1st, this is what the change was. That's going in the wrong direction. Hmm. There's not. We don't want the buyer's premium going up. It needs to be going down. <laughs> so we'll see what uh what other auction houses do if they follow suit or if someone comes in and decides to get a little more competitive on the pricing side and then as we alluded to at the top of the show a uh, little bit of controversy over the bowman chrome, pro- chrome product because easy for me to say because there have been some duplicate one of one superfractor cards that have been pulled and been coming out of the woodworks on this one so no word yet from tops or fanatics on how that happened or what they're going to do about it if anything but it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. i'm not sure so now they're i guess it's not a one of one super fractor anymore it's a one of who knows how many yeah I but don't know. I, so far we haven't seen more than just duplicates i don't even seen where there's been you know triplicates or quadruplets or quintuplets or how, how much further can you take that i don't know but anyway but yeah so we'll see but there's been at least two or three that i've seen i think probably as more product gets opened and breaks continue to happen you're probably going to see more of this stay tuned if we hear anything more from fanatics or tops on what they're going to potentially do to rectify that if anything we'll report on it all right and then panini may not have Aaliyah boston autos in their prison products um, potentially she could have signed a deal with fanatics yeah that's the question that i had because i looked at the checklist today for that product we're going to talk about that in our in the card releases because that product's coming out soon the checklist was released and I don't see Leah Boston in it. In fact, all I see is her in the base, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So this is an example, in my opinion, of how what Fanatics is doing is not necessarily great for collectors. You know, and well, we don't. I shouldn't say that because truth is, we don't know. But it, it is a little odd. I, I wonder if she signed a deal, 
an auto deal with with fanatics and so that's why maybe who knows or maybe she just i mean i don't know i feel like it's strange right because she's probably gonna win rookie of the year no question we're getting ahead it's of ourselves even, it's, we're not, gonna, it's not probably she is going yeah to win that hasn't career. been announced yet we're getting ahead of ourselves we're going to talk about that in the film study when we talk about the WNBA. but i think when what another week or two they're going to announce the rookie of the year award and it's likely going to be her so she's she is the marquee rookie in that set so kind of odd that you wouldn't have an auto of hers in it uh anyway i don't know but We'll see. But she is not on the checklist for the autographs. Now, she is on the checklist. She was in the base. and there are. And, but that's the only place she is as well. That's the other interesting thing. She wasn't in any of the insert sets, just in the base. Now, there are all the parallels. She's still, you know, there's parallel cards of all the base. So I don't know. Um, maybe it's a situation where there'll be some surprises. Maybe the checklist yeah, was, it could be. Yeah, who knows. But anyway, something to be aware of. Um, Sports Collectors Digest reported... Uh, that the grading company CGC, which is uh, formerly known, I guess not formally, it's CSG, but they they merged and, or not merged, they were all part of the same parent company. I guess they just kind of rebranded under that CGC name. But they formed a partnership with Mascot. Remember, that's the company that Ezra Levine recently joined as a new CEO. Ezra, we've had on our show in the past, he was the CEO of Collectible, the fractional platform. And Mascot is apparently going to become the new multi-sales channel partner of cgc cards and cgc will be listed as the mascot preferred grading partner collectors will be able to submit their cards to cgc for grading while also using mascots innovative selling platform which is apparently going to enable the listing of these cards for sale on multiple marketplaces simultaneously including ebay my slabs and a bunch of others the new mascot platform allows collectors to manage their collections by uploading them to the mascot website and then as i mentioned they can list them for sale um, on any of these selling platforms they can also now get them graded and it sounds like they're planning to um, move into additional categories like comic books video games magazines all that kind of stuff with this new partnership because remember cgc does grading for all those other things you know they do comic books and coins and all those other categories as well and they're also looking, I guess, at uh, an integration that will, are working on an integration that will allow Mascot customers to submit items for grading to CGC directly from Mascot. That's supposed to begin in 2024. All right, and then still no word yet from Tops on the Taco Fractor cards. The page on the website still pretty much says the same thing. Just yeah. hold on to that card Just and then follow them on social media. When they're going to have an exciting announcement. Yep. So... I feel like it's got to be coming up soon, probably when the baseball playoffs. I'm thinking maybe it's a – is it – you think it's all-expense paid trip to the World Series? Could be. I don't know. I mean, tacos for life seems like – maybe it's, it's both. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and by the way, last time we talked about the Bob Ross painting, this is sort of a non-sport card related, but I'm a fan of Bob Ross. I've been trying my hand at doing some of his paintings myself, and uh, – that he had one of his paintings was in a golden auction and so just wanted to follow up on that let everyone know that the winning bid was $33,000 so with the buyer's premium it was $39,600 was the final price paid for that Bob Ross painting which was unique because as we talked about last time he doesn't he a lot of his stuff will never be sold it'll end up going into a museum so anyway there you go and then I guess the next story thought we'd pour it out. And I was going to look up, I wanted to look up some um, 
card sales on this one as well because this is this I think just came out today there were multiple outlets reported that a judge in Shelby County Tennessee decided to end the conservatorship between former Ole Miss All-American and NFL player Michael Orr the offensive lineman Michael Orr and then uh, what what is it Sean and and Leanne Leanne mm-hmm. Tui is that right um and the judge said she won't dismiss Orr's pending lawsuit against the Tui family. And you may, for any of those listening, probably know. If you don't, uh, Orr is depicted in the 2009 film The Blind Side. And he originally filed a lawsuit in August claiming that the Tuis never legally adopted him and that they lied about the familial status for profit. And he claims that he did not see any money from the film while the Tuis pocketed millions and according to the suit, the Tuies actually did not adopt Orr in 2004, but rather instead entered him into a conservatorship and impressed upon him that it was the same as adoption. And then they were able to basically enter into deals legally without his consent and kind of control his finances and that kind of stuff. So the judge terminated that. How does that even work? Why would you do that ever? I don't know. Well, he probably didn't know what he was getting into. No, I right? know. I'm not, I'm not saying like on him. Like, why would... And why would somebody enter a conservatorship? What even is that? Well, it just means that they get. I th- it's kind of. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a legal expert. But I think basically what it means is that they kind of had control over his sort of finances and his rights. Right? Like they could sign like that. That movie. They could sign a deal um, without him necessarily having to agree to it, even though that right. movie was about him. They had the ability to do that and enter into that contract. But what would be the benefit of? doing that for him and i know he didn't oh, realize for him, that but like if, but like but, but if you were gonna if this was a different situation you were gonna why would you enter into a conservatorship well if he thought i don't think he knew that he was i think he thought he was being adopted i know but like what like what? like what is the point of a conservatorship for somebody yeah like does that make normally like a legal guardian i think yeah exactly okay. and normally it's and, just, but it's not adoption yeah and and norm I, again i'm not an attorney and i'm not an expert on this stuff but normally i think you see conservatorships where there's a disabled person okay. and they're unable to care for themselves I and see. so then I they see. you know that's okay. typically so that, where that, it happens that, clear, that clears it up for me yeah that's, i just didn't really know what the point yeah. was in fact i think the judge actually that makes sense. yeah i think the judge actually said something about that yeah because i think we've gotten the notes here the judge said that um, she, apparently that she was disturbed that such an agreement was ever reached because kind of surprised that that you would use a conservatorship in this kind of situation. The Tuies now, I guess, gave a written response stating that the movie proceeds were evenly divided between themselves, their two other children, and Michael Orr. And that movie apparently earned more than $300 million. Great movie, by the way. And uh, Orr did grow up in Memphis, Tennessee, attended Briarcrest Christian School where he was coached by the current it's the current Auburn coach right Hugh Freeze he's at Auburn right now I believe I was curious how do you think he feels about how he was depicted in that movie I'll be honest I don't really remember how he was depicted in that movie I haven't seen the movie in a long time well I feel like he was depicted as um that uh Leanne Tui kind of ran the show <laughs> I don't think yeah. he was depicted as necessarily a Probably. a brilliant football mind and coach I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should. I don't know if that's fair to say that or not. But anyway, it's kind of interesting. I'd be curious to know how he felt about how he got depicted on that. But, but yeah, the judge was, you know, came down today. And so I was going to look because I know we've talked about Michael Orr before. Let me see if I can look up some of his cards real quick. And so yeah, his rookie card is in the 2009 
top set, if I'm not mistaken. Going to look him up in uh, card ladder here real quick. His cards are pretty inexpensive, actually, his rookie cards. I'm looking at uh, PSA 10. Now, this is just the tops paper. Um, PSA 10 sells for, you know, 25, 20 to 30 bucks, somewhere in that ballpark. And there's a gold that sold for, yeah, so not a lot of sales on Michael Orr's stuff. But anyway, thought it was kind of noteworthy. Interesting. Um, we have card releases now. Um, we can start with the 2023 Panini Prism WNBA, which is coming out next week on Wednesday. You can expect 12 cards per pack, 12 packs per box. There will be two autos and 24 Prism parallels. The gold vinyl is going to be the one of one. Ten inserts per hobby box. Color Blast is always a big chase. Sabrina is one of the ten, as well as Brianna Stewart. Yep. Um, the rookie card for Leah Boston, among others, will be in this product. However, only on the base checklist, as we mentioned. So, yeah, no auto. doesn't have an auto from what we can tell. So I'm looking forward to that. Going to pick up a box or two of that release when it comes out. And then I did want to note, too, we talked about last time the flaw, Panini Flawless Football. This is for 2022. A little bit surprised. It quickly sold out for basically $7,000 a box. Hmm. So that was impressive. And then last time we mentioned the Topps 2023 Allen and Gintner baseball product, but I wanted to bring it up again because it's out now. It is a fun one. And this is why I want to bring it up because I don't think last time I really had paid close attention to the checklist, but I went back and I was looking at it this time. There are some really interesting cards in here. Topps and Fanatics has done kind of a cool thing, which they do a lot with this set. They mix in other, you know, non-sports card celebrities and, and, and then in this case, other sports so there is actually a Victor Wembanyama card in the Allen and Gintner baseball product, and there is a Victor Wembanyama autograph card in this product that you can pull. And there's a Kevin Hart, the comedian and actor, card. Uh, Rafa Nadal, tennis. Uh, Timmy Trumpet. Remember we've talked about him, the playing for the Mets. Uh, the, what's his name? The reliever comes on. Scoot Henderson, your boy, right? It's one of I your. Like Scoot. Yeah, he's going to be in it. Robert De Niro. Um, Bryce Young, the rookie quarterback in the NFL this year. Uh, Don Staley, basketball coach and former player. Uh, Will Levis, backup quarterback right now for the Titans. We'll see how long he stays backup. Might become the starter. We'll talk about that later. Anthony Richardson's in here. And then there, there's a dual auto, which would be cool in this one, of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And then there's also um, rookie autos on the baseball side of guys like Anthony Volpe and Corbin Carroll. Who, Corbin Carroll's had an outstanding season. Um, some of the non-baseball players that autograph cards include some of the ones we just mentioned, like Bryce Young, Anthony Richards. Uh, there's an Adam Lefko, C.J. Stroud, Chris Fowler, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, uh, Rafa Nadal, Scoot Henderson, Wemby, Will Levis, and then Michael Rubin. CEO Fanatics also right. <laughs> has an autograph card in this one. And then some interesting cut signatures, including one from JFK, John F. Kennedy, uh, Andy Warhol, Chadwick Boseman. That'd be a cool one to get. Dwight Eisenhower, Fred Rogers, Mark Twain, Nelson Mandela, Paul McCartney, Rosa Parks, and several others. So this is an interesting checklist and a fun product. And it's one, I haven't gotten any of these yet, but I think I'm going to go pick a few of these up mm-hmm. and it's just to see what you can pull. Some really cool things that they've, that Tops, I think, and Fanatics have done with the checklist on that one. So, and then the, and the last one we'll mention here, because last time I think we mentioned, we said it was going to be released on September 27th. Well, it has not been released yet. And now I think it's expected to be released on October 27th. 
and that is the Topps 2023 Chrome McDonald's All-American Basketball product. This is the one that will have Bronny, LeBron's son, in it and autograph cards for him. And I don't know if we were just wrong last time. I feel like it that this got pushed back, and I don't know the reason for the delay. But maybe we just had the month wrong when we said September 27th, and it was October 27th instead. Maybe. But I wanted to point that out because last time we did talk about that. But I feel like that was what it was scheduled, and it's been pushed back, but I don't know the reason for the delay. But anyway, so you can look for that coming out in October. All right. Is that everything? I think that does it. All right. Let's do film study. All right, well, where do we want to start out here? we got some baseball, we'll do some football, a little bit of basketball, and then we'll, oh, we got WNBA playoffs, and then we'll wrap up. So we'll start on the baseball side, I guess. Playoff race coming down to the wire. You've got Braves, Dodgers, Orioles, Rays, Twins, and Brewers, and, oh, and Phillies. I think they're all in. There are still five spots, at least as of the time we're recording this, that are undecided, haven't been, what what's the word I'm looking for? Clenched. Haven't been clinched, thank you, yet. Uh, but likely the Rangers and Diamondbacks will be two of them. Then there's going to be three others, the Blue Jays, Astros, Marlins, Cubs, Mariners, and Reds. And I realize I'm mixing both AL and NL here, which is not exactly how that all works, right? But nonetheless, um, those are all the teams that are still in the hunt for the playoffs. I guess technically the Padres still have a shot. They're not eliminated, but highly unlikely that they would get in. And maybe the more notable way to talk about this is the teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs. And that is the Yankees, the Mets, and the Padres, like I said, maybe not officially, but probably. And then the Cardinals. I think, I think all of them were in the playoffs last year. None of them are going to yeah. be in the playoffs this year. And and especially for the Padres and the Mets, for, I mean, for all four of them, for sure, but especially the Padres and Mets, given the moves they made in the offseason, the money they spent, major disappointment. Major disappointment for those teams. And then, of course, you got the Angels. I mean, let the let the Otani sweepstakes begin. He's going to be a free agent now. We'll see what happens. Yes, obviously the UCL tear probably has a little bit of an impact, but he's going to be back, and I think he's going to command. You know, there's going to be. I think it's going to be a big contract, and so it'll be. It's going to be fun to you know hear all the rumors and all the news in the off season here about where he might end up. I'm guessing. I'll throw my hat in the ring and say, I'm guessing it's the Dodgers. That'd be interesting. He stays in L.A. I think they courted him from back, you know, early in his career. And so I don't know. We'll see. That's That'd be a big pickup. It would be a big pickup for them. What else? Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. We've got to mention him. First player ever. I think we said last time first player ever with 30-60. Uh, 30, 30 stolen bases, 60. Or no, excuse me, 30 home runs, 60 stolen bases. Well, let's up that now. 40-70. I think he has 41 home runs, 70 stolen bases, or maybe it's the other way around, 40 home runs and 71 stolen bases. But he's in the 40-70 club now, home run stolen base. This guy, he's hitting like 336. He is having himself a season. It is absolutely insane what he's doing. And so I was going to look up his um, card prices really quick. Um, I have not looked at a lot of his stuff. And if he is not setting records, I am going to be – really surprised here because I mean with the season that he's having so let's go look like his his rookie cards are in the 2018 sets and so I'll look at his like 2018 tops chrome let's see let's look at a refractor do we have enough pop count on the refractor we do and let's look at oh, let's let's look at a period longer than a month 
over one month it is up but let's let's look at maybe like six months and yeah over the last six months it's up 54 percent card was selling for around 150 bucks six months ago and lately it's selling for upwards of let's call it 250 to two last sale was 267 according to card ladder again that's the 2018 tops chrome refractor in a psa 10 so seeing some movement in his stuff let's look at his chrome prospect autograph uh, this is the gold let's not do a gold let's just do the chrome prospect auto i'm going to look at a bgs nine and a half ten also looking over the last six months and yeah also up over 50 percent this was under twelve hundred dollars six months ago last sale was seventeen hundred and seventy four dollars and there's been quite a few sales in the sixteen to eighteen hundred dollar range over the last month or two um, so a lot of his stuff is is moving up quite a bit i was going to see if i couldn't because one of the ones i've made you know i've mentioned before that i really like is the is the sapphire uh, let me see if i can find that one let's see do we got sapphire in here there it is sapphire edition so it's 2018 tops chrome sapphire and a psa 10 yeah that one over the last six months well really it was one big sale let's look at maybe a psa 9 because the pop count in the 10 is relatively well pop count in the 9 is low too but man so the last sale on that one was forty four hundred dollars and that one had been selling a few months ago in the let's call it three thousand to four thousand dollar range last sale at forty four hundred it was only one sale so i don't know that we can you know draw any conclusions from that but yeah his stuff is reflecting the performance he has had on the field this year for sure i mean he's got to be i would think he's going to get the nl mvp yeah we'll see a few other players might have something to say about that but and then another guy that i was going to mention that has had a, a really outstanding and kind of a comeback season we i think we mentioned him last time but we didn't talk about any of his card values and that's Corey seager and so I wanted to look at a few of his card values. His rookie card is in the 2016 uh, sets. I'm looking at the Topps Chrome. I'm looking at a refractor in a PSA 10. And it is up 45% over the last six months. That card was selling for around 50 bucks six months ago. It is now last sales price was $75. And it has been up as high as $90 in the last couple of months. So you're seeing a little bit of movement higher or not a little bit that's i guess a lot of movement higher in some of Corey seager stuff as well because he's had a resurgent year with the um he's with the rangers right if i'm not mistaken now and so he's um coming back from he had an injury riddled season i think last year and so he's he's been one to to watch and, and keep an eye on let me see what else we got oh i was gonna mention did you see this toronto i, I don't i actually i don't know this i'm not familiar with this pitcher but a toronto pitcher uh i think is is it you say kikuchi i don't know how you say his last Sounds name right. yeah uh but he he had a bad outing this was from probably a, a week or two ago had a bad outing and said that it was because he only got 11 hours of sleep okay. 11 hours okay. of sleep okay. he said it's like how much how much do you normally get and he said he normally gets 13 to 14 hours of sleep that's like how do you how do you even stay asleep for that long? Not, like I could I don't think I could sleep fourteen hours if I tried. That's not or even, even if like, I, like 
that's not even normal for like like some athletes like sleep a lot that's like that's a lot a lot i don't yeah know that's a completely necessary that's crazy <laughs> to be honest no, i think i don't know i think i i was on the impression maybe he doesn't do it all the time maybe that's like the night before games or something but because surely could you be. can't be sleeping 14 hours every it, day it could, right? be pre, I mean, it could be pre-game that was like 24 hours sense. in a day like because i'm gonna say like like even like like NBA players, with all due respect to baseball, have a much more strenuous on the body kind of season and sport. Um, I mean, pitchers. I mean, That's it's, fair. It's, it's tough on like you know, if it, pitching is tough, obviously, but they don't even sleep that much. Like like LeBron James doesn't even sleep that much, and he's like he's all about that stuff. Like that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I think that's absolutely fair. <clears throat> I think basketball is probably one of the more well, I mean, football, right, with yeah. all the hits you take, but but basketball in terms of 82 games and the and you know pretty physically demanding on the joints and on the body as a whole but yeah so you know had a bad outing hey only got 11 hours of sleep I'd... i mean I, to be honest if you're used to getting that much i guess you might feel it but holy cow but do you yeah <laughs> and like is that really necessary i feel like 11 is like know. 11 like, is fine cuz like that's like 9 plus a nap yeah and that's oh, like I, what most athletes do is look, like nine plus an afternoon nap or a pregame nap. Yeah. Like that's normal. 14 hours is ridiculous. It's like, crazy. I mean, I think now, look, I know I'm, I know I'm getting up there in age, but you know, I'm like, if I get six hours of sleep, I'm excited. Like, man, that, I feel really rested. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. And then one last one I'll mention in baseball before we move on, we'll touch on basketball the WNBA and football, but I did want to mention Corbin Carroll, likely going to get the at least the NL Rookie of the Year, right? And he had a historic season. He is the first rookie ever in Major League Baseball history to have a 25-50 season, so 25 home runs or more and 50 or more stolen bases. Absolutely outstanding. And by the way, looking up at some of his card values, he's in the um, – I was looking at his 2019 – Bowman draft. Let's look at his Chrome prospect auto, and I want to find just the base on that. So just the Chroman, uh, no no parallel serial number or anything like that. Just the Chroman 2019 Bowman Chrome draft pick autograph card. I'm going to look at this one in a PSA 10. Is there enough sales there? There are. And when you look over the last six months, it's interesting here because he had a big spike. He's up, you know, 73 <clears> percent, but a lot of that was a spike back in say june that lasted till july august time frame and then in the last month or so it's come back down now it's still up a lot it was selling you know six months ago for let's call it 450 bucks give or take but it spiked to as high as 1200 it was in that thousand to twelve hundred dollar range and then recently it's dipped back down where now it's in the six to eight hundred dollar range so still up a lot from the four to five hundred dollars it was at six months ago but has been coming down a little bit. So I don't know if that's just because coming towards the end of the season here and um, the Diamondbacks, you know, I mean, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. They haven't clinched anything yet, but I would expect that they're going to be one of the ones that will take one of the remaining spots that are out there. But um, So he's been having an out, outstanding season and definitely one to keep an eye on. Okay, that's it in baseball. You want to go to basketball next? Yeah, sure. Because we got some really just one major news I story got the to big cover. News yeah. Of today. Which is what? Damian Lillard to the Bucks. Yeah. So Kim's out that uh, 
Portland tra- finally trades Lillard. He goes to Milwaukee. And it was interesting because there's um, it was reported, I think, I don't know if it was today, I think, but in the last few days um, it was reported. And, and some of the specifics about how all this transpired came out in these reports. And apparently Lillard, obviously he's made it clear he wanted to go to the Miami Heat, Brandon's favorite team. And apparently Portland's GM, Joe Cronin, he didn't want to do that. So it kind of was at least the way that Lillard and his agent think about it. They feel like he was just doing this despite Damian Lillard. And so they finally agreed to meet, I guess, earlier in September. And it was reported that Cronin had no intention of trading Lillard to Miami. And so then Lillard said, fine, if you're not going to trade me to Miami, then I'll come back to Portland. Cronin said, no, you're not coming back. And then that ended the meeting. And then apparently Lillard's agent got back to Cronin, Portland's GM, a little bit after that meeting and said, okay, fine, if he's not going to Miami, there's two other places that he'd be willing to go, Milwaukee or Brooklyn, and the rest is history. Then it got announced that he was traded. He's going to Milwaukee. But, man, it seems like there was a lot of bad blood between Lillard and Cronin, and it's really unfortunate. We were talking before, just the egos that got involved with stuff well, like this, but... I mean, it's egos, but it's also responsibilities. And, like, I don't know how much of this is true or to what extent this was the case of, like, actual bad blood or if it's just... I mean, the whole situation is messy, obviously. Um, and it's been a struggle the whole summer. But at the end of the day, that general manager has a duty to the team first, and he made that very clear that they're going to get the best that they can get for Damian Lillard because that's a piece that you don't just give away for spare change like that is you can get quite a lot for that right so he has to do right by the team but the struggle with that is you also have to do right by Lillard because of how much he means to that city and obviously he means a lot to Cronin too regardless of of the situation like they he means a lot to Cronin because he means a lot to the city and the team and so for Lillard to only demand one place and for his agent to basically come out and imply that he wouldn't play as hard for other teams, so other teams wouldn't want to make a trade with Portland, puts Cronin in a really, really hard position because he clearly didn't really like the package Miami was offering, even though I I would argue that they might have had more to offer than what they actually got for him. And the NBA actually kind of warned Lillard and his agent that they were flirting with tampering. It was to the extent that the NBA came out and, like, made a statement about it this yeah. is like a finable offense you can't do this right and and so but i mean still, you have to say and so you have to look at that and you have to be like okay like yeah the whole situation is messy from both ends because you have to do right by the city you have to do right by your player they put him in a tough situation but he's trying to kind of make both sides happy and it's kind of hard for both parties involved agreed but if you're if you're the gm cronin i think you've got to i i it does feel like it was spite it, why it, wouldn't me, you? It, it, why wouldn't you take more action or or be more active in having conversations with Miami? It sounded like he basically didn't talk to them yeah. so until late reported, in the game. Had one call. Well, it was reported by Chris Haynes that basically they had one phone call with Miami in summer league, and that was it. And yeah. basically, the only um, topic of the phone call was just kind of discussing fit, and so that was it. Nothing else. Yep. And they they, they were just they were just searching elsewhere the whole summer. But the rumors, and you have to believe they were more than just rumors, because you have to believe that this that Miami probably leaked this to get the information to Portland on what they'd be willing to trade to get Lillard, Mm -hmm. and because all the quote unquote rumors were all pretty consistent with each other that Miami was going to offer a haul. 
They were going to offer yeah. Tyler Hero. They were going to offer Lowry and probably about two number one picks and maybe even another, you know, another second, I mean, first round picks and then maybe a second round. And who, I forget all the details. But, but so it, potentially Martin as well, which, I mean, that alone is just, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that you get for Lillard. It was a haul. That's the kind of thing that Lillard commands, but in so, my opinion. So that's why I say, like, why, if you're Portland, why in the world would you not have entertained? I mean, look, I know you're a big fan of Miami, and I would have loved to see Damian go to Miami uh, for your sake and, and for Miami's sake. I think that would have been a very valuable addition to that team at the same time. You and I were talking about that when those rumors of what Miami was willing to give up came out. I'm not so sure that it would have been worth it for Miami to give all that up to get Lillard. I mean, maybe, you know, I get. I think, but, well, the, the thing is, when we talked about this before, I feel like for Lillard you have to, and you also have to look at what has happened in the past few years in terms of what high-paid players are getting for trades, and I think the anomaly of Rudy Gobert plays a huge role in the fact that teams are looking for a lot for these players because Danny Ainge stole from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, he just he ran, he stole their money and he ran away, and and teams are looking at that and they're like, man, if he can get that for Gobert, like we like Lillard demands something of that caliber, right? So, but, but at the same time, like that's so that that, really, that didn't surprise me that package and the package that Portland got is actually pretty solid. So we can, I mean, we can look at it. They got Drew Holiday from the Bucks. This is a three team deal. So Phoenix was involved. Phoenix actually, I really like what they did. So they got Portland gets Drew Holiday, who they intend to, to move to a contending team for more probably picks, um, and Aiton. Yeah. And because it was a three team. Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee first round pick in 2029, and then two first round pick swaps, which is like a pretty solid haul. But again, I think it's it'd be comparable to whatever Miami's offering. So it's but whatever. They still got a pretty good deal for it. Phoenix gets Nurkic, which I think is huge. They get rid of Aiton, so they get rid of and whatever that situation was that was going on with Aiton even though it's a different coaching staff. They get Nasir Little, who's another helpful role player. It's going to help their speed. And then Milwaukee gets Dame. And Milwaukee, honestly, won because they really didn't give up that much for for what they could have had to give up Yeah. with the addition of Phoenix because Phoenix was able to include Aiden. And so they only had to give up one player in Holiday um, and a few picks that I'm sure that they're willing to give away at this yeah. point. And that, that's... Uh, considering where they stand right now with their team, so and I felt bad for Holiday actually because he came out and said that he was wanted to be a Buck, re- stay, remain a Buck for for life. It sounded like, and yeah. So kind of unfortunate to see him have to go. Although who knows, maybe he maybe he'll end up coming back. Uh, maybe maybe in a future season. I mean, I don't see, or if he got moved like multiple times in the same season. How wild season, would that be? That'd be, <laughs> that'd be traded, interesting. And then ends I don't up back with Milwaukee would, before know, the season starts. But the thing is, I don't know how they would, what they would have, they would have to give up. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what they would move because they'd have to get rid of depth. I don't know that you really want to do that. True. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, well, he's going to be moved to a contender. I think the biggest question in all of this is what Philadelphia is doing on this deal, but also just in general. Because they've still got the Harden situation. Yep. Now Drew Holiday is going to be moved again. So I'm just wondering what that's... I don't know. There's like still some big pieces kind of floating around. And I'm not... Well, nobody's really sure where they're going to You kind of wonder so. if Miami... I guess, you know, at this stage in the game, you wonder if Miami is going to make any moves. I kind of doubt it. I, the only move I could see them making, besides just some spot role player like moves, although I don't really know if there's anything left, is potentially putting something together for Drew, but I don't know if that's going to be possible yeah. <laughs> after what happened or if they're even going to really want to put a package for him. 
Well, and Miami has a good core with, uh, with yeah, Jimmy like, and I Bam like... and Tyler Hero and, of course, Lowry, I guess. But they are aging, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Jimmy, I was just looking up. Jimmy, 34. Uh, Bam, maybe. I forget. He's Bam not. Bam is young. Yeah. I mean, they've got they've got a pretty good mix of vets and young. The, the only really age issue is Lowry. And so I think that's probably one of the reasons that they're looking to include him in a package as well. Um, that was kind of my thing with Dame, though. Like, yes, he's still playing very well in you know if you look at the last couple of seasons, but he is 33. I mean, he's not. He's, he's no prime. He's still prime though. No he's, spring. He led the league in scoring here. last season. Is the thing though. I yeah, mean, he's got a lot left in the tank. I mean, Steph Curry's 34. Yeah, and look at what he's doing. So yeah. I, I, I don't think Good I'd point. be. I don't think I'd be worried about that for that kind of age. But, I mean, it's just interesting. Miami left some roster spots open for the potential to get this done, so now they're just kind of stuck with what they got. I mean, they've made, they lost some pieces, and they made a few um, smaller role-player additions that I think are actually pretty solid and kind of cover up what they lost, at least a little bit. And then you have those two guys who are coming up from the development program that I think are going to be ready to make an impact in Robinson, Orlando Robinson and uh, uh, Jamal Kane or Something like that. I, I forget the kid's name. Kane. Something Kane, I think. Yeah. Um, but they they had a great summer league. So it'll be interesting. And I, again, I like what Phoenix did. Phoenix has completely overhauled their team. It's interesting. The only player still on that team from the finals run a few years ago was Devin Booker. Other mm-hmm. than that, it's completely different. Different mm-hmm. coaching staff. Everything's different. I think the addition of Nurkic is kind of underrated. I think that provides a lot of value for them. He's a big who can pass, you know, catch at the elbow and make plays. That's really kind of undervalued by a lot of people. I think that's very useful. If you're a big like Bam Adebayo or Jokic, I mean, he's not on the same caliber necessarily passing as those, but he's a big that can pass and make plays. That's going to be huge for them, especially since they lost Chris Paul. Yeah. More playmaking is going to be helpful. I think another another piece that moved in this trade that I think people won't really pay attention to right now um, is the rookie that Phoenix drafted that also, I think he went to Portland, Kamara. Hmm, not familiar. That's his last name. He was a rookie. He had a really good summer league, and I really liked what I saw. He, like, played he, – he was, like, really calm, cool, and collected. He played like a vet. And I think that's the best compliment you can get as a young player. And so that's a piece that I I thought they would actually hold on to, but I mean, I definitely give it up in this situation, that – goes to portland that's going to be an interesting piece to pay attention to as well um yeah so they've got a little they've got more young players in portland now so yeah i don't know i still feel like portland is i don't know it doesn't feel like to me they're going to be in the mix and all this i don't think they're going to i mean obviously not in the mix right now but i mean they've got a solid foundation I, like i don't hate what they're and they're going to get some well, they're going to get true, some stuff for holiday too because they're going to trade with the contender now right um so i mean and yeah, and they've got and they got rid of Nurkic, and I mean that was their kind of the last yeah. kind of core piece. So it's kind of very different now. Um, well, and looking at some of the card stuff too, not a ton of sales in card ladder, or at least verified sales um, to go off of. So you got to take this with a little bit of grain of salt. But nonetheless, you are seeing a positive instant reaction to this on Damian Lillard's cards. His rookie cards are in the 2012 sets. I'm looking at his Prism, which, by the way, is the inaugural year for the Prism product in the NBA. And that one in a PSA 10 has a pop count of just under 1,200. The recent sales price, most recent, was 380. There's been a couple of sales north of 350. And if you look over the last six months, that's up about 40%. It was selling... For around let's call it 250 to 350 um, but then it actually dropped as low as around 200 dollars 
um, got up to as high as 400 just maybe a month or so ago. But right prior to this announcement, it was selling for around 200 again. And then it spiked back up over 350 after this announcement. So initial reaction seems to be positive. And this is going to be so interesting because Lillard has never played on a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. He's never played next to the stars of that caliber. He's always been the person. He's always been like the only the only guy and the guy that you have to go to. He's not going to be that anymore. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't have to be that anymore because he's got Giannis and, and Middleton. So that Lillard-Giannis pick and roll is going to be tough to handle. That's gonna be that's gonna be a, a tough a tough thing to handle. So it'll be it'll be I think fun to watch. I I, I would love to see. I definitely Lillard in in a situation like this. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I definitely think it's a. I, at least I hope. I feel like it's gonna be a good fit for him. I think it's gonna be. And but. and uh, if if you didn't, a lot of people don't know that Lillard and Giannis have kind of talked about playing together for years. They're both kind of. I know Giannis has said before that's the one player he'd want to play with. And so now they're together, so it should be interesting to see. I think they'll be able to fit with each other pretty well. Yeah. And, and don't forget about Milton either. So. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it on that. You want to move to the WNBA? Yep. We got playoffs in the WNBA. We're in the semifinals. Kind of no surprises in a lot of ways here. Vegas advances to meet Dallas in the semis. They're already up two games to none. It's a best-of-five series. Uh, game three of that series is actually tonight. I think it might be going on it's right going now on as, we're, as we're speaking. And then in the other uh, other side of the bracket, you've got the New York Liberty advance and to face Connecticut, and that series is actually tied. They're one. In, well, they're up two one now. Are they? Yeah. Okay. That game was tonight. New game York. Three yeah, was New tonight. York. New York blew them out. Oh, okay. Two, there you go. So New York, they're this is hot off the press. We, look yeah. at this. we got we got breaking news right here. New York blew them out, so they're up two games to one. So game four for that series will be Sunday. If necessary, the Vegas-Dallas um, series will also be Sunday, although Vegas may close them out tonight. And then the finals will also be a best of five. Um, Asia Wilson really having a good playoffs for Vegas, as is really the whole Vegas team. I mean, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young. Vegas is Dude, just Dude, watching tough. Chelsea Gray just, like, throw up shots, like she's just literally, like, throwing the ball and it goes in. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, half of her shots look so weird. They literally just look like she's just throwing the ball and it goes in. It's well, hilarious. Yeah, they're tough. I love watching her play. And I'm kind of – I shouldn't say I'm surprised that New York lost because Connecticut's got a good team themselves. Uh, and, in fact, they've got one of the big MVP candidates, Alyssa Thomas. But, you know, you figure the Liberty were really the only ones that gave Vegas a good well, besides, match. Besides Connecticut. Like, there's a there's – a, New York and Vegas, yeah, and then Connecticut's like maybe a half step, but like basically there, and then everybody else. That's like fair. it's crazy how it's like the top three, and then everybody else is just not very. It's like five hundred basically. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Well, the some of the awards were also announced. Not all of them yet. There's uh, the Rookie of the Year has not been announced yet. That's coming out in another week or two, uh, but it's likely going to be Elia Boston. I'd be surprised if it was not. And then the All-WNBA team has not yet been announced. But all the other awards, I believe, have. So most improved, I think no surprise here, goes to Satu Sabali, Sabrina's teammate. In fact, it was interesting because Sabrina went number one in the 2020 WNBA draft. Satu Sabali went number two. So both of them having a lot of success at the next level. Happy to see her get the most improved. And then uh, Asia Wilson won the Defensive Player of the Year award. That was the second year in a row for her. 
Alicia Clark takes home the sixth player of the year award. And then the big MVP. This was a close race. You had Alyssa Thomas at Connecticut. You had Asia Wilson in Vegas. Uh, they were a close second and third, but ultimately Brianna Stewart from the New York Liberty won the MVP. Uh, and I think it was like maybe seven. Yeah, I think this was like one of the closest. Or what, however they the closest score the votes. MVP votes in like history for yeah. the WNBA. Yeah. So, but Brianna Stewart won it. And uh, so good for her. She's having an outstanding campaign as well as, but I mean, Asia Wilson, Alyssa, I mean, all of those, all of those players have been out having an outstanding campaign. And Brianna Stewart, by the way, her rookie card is in uh, 2016. There's actually a 2015 Sports Illustrated for Kids card out there that you can get. And then her rookie card is in the 2016 Rittenhouse sets. And I'm trying to look to see, let me do a, let me look in card ladder here because yeah, you don't see a lot of her stuff. I'm only seeing a one sale. This is not a verified sale, so I kind of hesitate to even talk about it. But it was for $1,000 for a PSA 9 of her Rittenhouse rookie. I'm seeing a, a 2016 Rittenhouse autograph rookie that is a PSA 10. That's a cool-looking card. Again, not a verified sale, but um, according in card ladder sales history, sold for $2,750 back in May. Uh, so some of her stuff is, you know, been doing well. Little is getting a little bit on the pricey side, although still not even comparable to what we're seeing in some of the men's sports on an equivalent standpoint. So maybe a still long way to go, long potential runway higher for a lot of these WNBA player cards, I believe. But we'll see. Um, that's just my own personal opinion. Uh, but anyway, so there's a little bit on the card values there. What else? I think that's really it on the WNBA. Should we flip to the NFL and then wrap it up? Yep. All right. So, look, I mean, where do we want to go with this? Well, I guess let's start with, should we start with Colin Kaepernick? I suppose. I didn't really hear this, so. So, Colin Kaepernick, apparently, and I was going to, I got to get on my phone here because I've got the the notes in my phone, uh, sent a letter to the Jets basically playing i guess if you want to call it playing asking for them to consider him as a quarterback or at least a backup in replacement of when they lost rogers and i gotta say so i know kaepernick can be a polarizing figure here and so i don't really want to get into all that but i gotta say regardless of kind of what you may think or not about him he makes some interesting points in this letter because <laughs> he talks about how, hey, he talks about how, hey, if, if I was on there, like, say, as part of the practice squad, uh, your defense would have the advantage of, of getting a, a truer read on more uh, mobile and athletic, versatile quarterbacks that they'll face uh, when they go up guys like Hertz and Mahomes and some of those guys. And uh, anyway, so, I mean, and then he makes a couple other points in here. Sounds like he's been continuing to work out, stay in shape and so forth so i don't know we'll see i not heard any response from the jets on whether they're going to do anything here but um you know i mean clearly i i he's, I, I don't even really know what all happened like in terms of the details but like i feel like when you have a quarter when you have a good quarterback just on the market like that you got to at least consider it right yeah i don't know it's hard to be an nfl quarterback but at the same time when you're in that situation i don't know maybe you should consider it yeah, we'll see. He was very good when he played, so. He was. Didn't he win a Super Bowl? I think so. I mean, of course, some people will argue that a lot of other 
factors that went into that. But anyway, let's let's move on. I don't want to get into all that. Like I said, I know he can be a polarizing figure, and we're not here to necessarily take a position on that one way or the other. Just thought it was newsworthy that uh, he had sent a letter to the Jets and so we'll see. Like I said, no word yet from the Jets on whether they're going to give that any kind of consideration. The other one I wanted to report on is Brock Purdy because this guy obviously taken the league by storm. He now has the third longest win streak to start a career for a quarterback uh, when, they're, when they beat the Giants in week three. I think that was a Thursday night game. He's now at eight wins. And so in second place with 10 wins is Mike Tomzak. Some people may not remember who Mike Tomzak was, but most people will probably remember who's in first place, and that's Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger with yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. He had a 15-game win streak, with, or won the first 15 games um, to start his career with Pittsburgh. So he's in first. So uh, can Brock Purdy get to 10, get to second place? The 49ers face Arizona this week, and that would get him nine if they won that. And then after that, he would have Dallas. So didn't Dallas just lose to Arizona? Dallas just lost to Arizona. Yeah, he's got it shot. It's going to be tough, I think, for him to get there. We'll see. But 49ers have a great defense. They have a better defense than Arizona. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Look, no offense to Arizona fans out there. I do. I do. I if I had to pick, right? If I had to pick who's going to win that on a money line pick, right? Just to pick them, not based on spread. I'm going 49ers with that one. Dallas, though, could be. Although Dallas, man, it was... Um, I feel like they're very up and down. Well, so. it's because they lost... Uh, oh, shoot, man, my memory's not serving me right now. Diggs, was it Diggs, the cornerback? They lost Diggs to that torn ACL for the season. That was a huge loss for their defense. Um, he was a stud. But nonetheless, they should still... You know, we'll see. They should still be okay, I would think. And then some of the rookie quarterbacks, Stroud... CJ uh, Stroud, Bryce Young, some of those guys doing well. There's not, I was looking up card values, but I'm not going to really report on a lot because there's just not a lot of pro uniform stuff out there. And that's, this is kind of the, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about with some of the stuff happening with the NFLPA and Panini and what's going on with football products. So, really, when you look at the card sales for these guys, it's the, like the Bowman U, the Bowman Chrome, the football, you know, first Bowman, those types of products. That's where a lot of the sales has been. Um, for guys like Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud. Um, Tua, obviously, man, this one hurt. I have to admit, I had to turn off the game. Yeah, that's uh, tough. <laughs> 70, that's really tough. 70 points, 70 to 20. The Broncos got destroyed by the Dolphins. Now, I will say this in defense of the Broncos, in slight, very slight defense. I don't know that it, makes, that it would have made a whole lot of difference. However, here's the thing. They did have, in the first half, uh, when it was 21, well, not when it was 21-7, but they had two touchdowns called back on, in my opinion, incredibly questionable penalties. And even the announcers and then what's-his-name, Steratore, the, 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 the former ref that's the... Yeah, Gene. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the, the, the ref analyst or whatever you call him for the games. Even he said that the one on um, where Sutton caught the touchdown was not a penalty. They tried to call basically called um, the, not, well, not Sutton, but there was another, I forget the guy's name receiver for the Broncos. They called him for a pick. It was not, I mean, it was, you know, but it was, <laughs> and it was, let's be honest. It was, but it was not. I mean, he's, it was the way it's done. All the teams do it and there's a way to do it. There's a right way to do it. And there's a wrong way to do it. They did it the right way, but nonetheless, it got called and that got called back. Another one got called back on another questionable penalty. So that was two. So that would have been 21-21, okay? And then Miami 
goes up 28 to 21 and it would have they went they scored another one go up 28 well denver then fumbled court and sutton they were driving again looking really good on offense in that first half anyway and sutton fumbled and that was a killer mammy got it went back scored so now denver didn't get those other two touchdowns so i think at halftime it was like 35 to 13 or something like that because they had to get two field goals but you think about it like it could have been 20 i know woulda coulda shoulda but like 28-21 or 28-28 at halftime, which would have made it a whole different game, in my opinion, in the second half, right? But I don't know that it changes the outcome because I don't think Denver had an answer on defense for their speed, especially Tyree Kill, but also the rushing game. It hurt to have Simmons out. That was a big loss for Denver. He's one of their best – I mean, he's their, you know, one of their best defensive players, the safety, a run stopper for them. So that was a big part of that as well. But – um Man, that one was tough. And so I was going to look up uh, – let's look up real quick Tua because um, I have not looked at his stuff, but I can only imagine his stuff has got to be doing incredibly well um, given the start that Miami's had. So I'm looking at his – let's look at his prism. I'll look at his 20 prism autograph silver. No, the silver, there's not enough in that. Let's look at something else. What else can we find for Tua? All right, let's just look at his silver because we'll probably get a lot more sales in that. Yeah, sure enough, we do. So 2020 Panini Prism Silver in a PSA 10. Over the last six months, that card is up 134%. It was selling for around 350 bucks six months ago. It is now selling for over $800 um, with the last sale being $860. So two of stuff definitely reflecting what's happening on the field with Miami and a big game coming up this week where Miami and Buffalo are going to face off maybe an opportunity for Josh Allen to kind of get back in the spotlight a little bit I am curious I have not looked at Josh Allen's stuff let's let's look up Josh Allen really quick while we're talking about this because you know his stuff was pretty hot for a long time all right let's look at let's do the optic why not I like the optic I like the hollow yeah Josh Allen's stuff the last six months down 25% on the 2018 Optic Hollow. Uh, that was selling for over $1,200. Last sale was around $900. We'll do, com- for comparison, let's look up his Prism Silver since we did two as Prism Silver. 2018 Prism Silver, we'll do it in a PSA 10. And last sales price, well, see, there's only a pop count of 26. Last sale was $3,600, but that is down 45%. Six months ago, there was a sale for over six grand. Over it was sixty six hundred dollars. So, but it's quite a bit more expensive than where Tua's is at. But the pop count's also significantly lower. So, some other factors you have to take into consideration there. But anyway, the the trend on Josh Allen stuff has been lower for the most part, whereas the trend on Tua's stuff's been higher. So maybe this is an opportunity for Allen to assert himself. Yeah, perhaps. Or it's an opportunity for Tua as well. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. What else we got? You got anything in the NFL? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, neither one of us want to talk about our teams. I guess I did just spend time talking about the Broncos. You're a Titans fan. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> They're not exactly. How long before Will Levis is the starting quarterback? What's the odds on that? Where do you? What's your What's your over-under? They're it, too attached to Tannehill, I feel like, aren't they? Yeah, but. They give him so many chances. But if they, they got Cincy coming up this week. If you lose to the Bengals and you're 1-3. and three, Is that really his fault, though? I'm not saying it is, but at what point do you say, 
look, let's let's start giving this guy some reps. I don't know. I mean, we're still. Don't get me wrong. We are still very yeah. early in the season. Yeah, I, don't, I feel like. But <laughs> I don't know, man. So I'm not saying we, you know, throw in the towel just yet. However, there are going to be the Titans go. I mean, there have been people calling for Tannehill's head from, you know, before the season started. That voice is only getting louder He's with each loss. He's doing his best, man. <laughs> He's doing his best. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying it's his <laughs> fault. I'm not saying it's his fault. I, I actually think you know Tannehill's done pretty decent for the titans especially during the regular season now playoffs have been a little different just, story like, but for 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 how hard it is to be a good nfl quarterback and how hard it is to hold that starting position like he's doing okay yeah like he's not the best yeah but he's not the worst either well, he's certainly not the worst and what happened so. i didn't get a chance to catch the game but what happened to derrick henry i've got him on my fantasy team i think he got two points what's up with that i don't know man what's up with that What's up with that? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, all right. Now we're rambling. We don't want it to be a long, any longer of a show than it needs to be. So I'm going to call it. You're going to. Should we call it, or yeah, you want to keep going? Good. You got anything else? Nope. All right. That's it. That's the show for today. It was good to be back. Hope everyone enjoyed it. And Brandon, go ahead and take us out. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in, spending some of your time with us. We do want to hear from you, so please message us on social media or email us. That's on our website. If you have questions or ideas or topics for a future show, again, we do love to hear from you, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Also, check us out on social media and follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website, www.the615collector.com, and subscribe to our email list. Yep, please help us spread the word. Tell a friend about us. Encourage them to listen to the show. Follow us on your favorite podcast outlet. And we'd also very much appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating. So that is it. Show number 84 is in the books. As Brandon said, follow us on social media. And you'll hear when we drop our next show. And that is it. Thanks again, everyone, for spending some of your time with us today. We will see you all soon here on the 615 Collector.